Data, data, data. It seems that's all everyone is talking about. Our guest believes that properly cleaned and focused data is the key to great plan decisions. What does that mean for your clients? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of Shift Shapers is brought to you by Major League Mindset, dedicated to helping you play bigger. Do you want to become the authority in your market? Would you like to prospect less and sell more? How can you create those long-lasting relationships with clients who don't change advisors every year? We've been there and done that, and we can help you do that too. Click on our Major League Mindset logo on the ShiftShapersOnline.com website for more details about our next Pitching from the Stage program that will help you become the advisor you know you can be. We've spent an awful lot of time on the podcast talking about data, and we've talked about it in a variety of forms, going back to when everyone was talking about big data, whatever the heck that might be or that might mean to you, all the way down to smaller and smaller and smaller granules of data. But we've had enough discussion now, and there's been enough time in the industry so that there's some folks who are doing some very useful things with data to help inform plans and to help plans and their advisors make great decisions. And we're talking with Hugh O'Toole, who's CEO at Inovu, and they're one of the groups that's starting to do that, and, and they're deep in the weeds on all of this data stuff, and they understand why it matters. So we invited Hugh to chat with us, and with that, welcome, Hugh. Thank you. Thrilled to be here with you. Thank you. We appreciate your time. First of all, you know, data is pretty much the the holy grail. I mean, if you can't see the data, you can't understand what's happening. If you can't understand what's happening, you can't adjust for it. And yet everybody thinks data is this push a button and you control costs. It's way more granular than that, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, the quality of the data you get and what data sets you're cleaning and integrating pretty much start the process. So it's like all things, whether it's marketing or data, the data you collect and whether you can get it clean and whether it's focused on what you're trying to solve for will ultimately dictate whether it creates answers or it's just big data. And honestly, big data that doesn't create answers, in our opinion, is not very useful. So let's level set. You said clean data a couple of times. Would you define that for our audience? Sure. When you get a data set in, and it's almost any data, so the people we collect data, we're not from, we're not saying are doing a bad job. But when you run a record keeping system or a claim system, or you're processing workers' comp claims, that record keeping system that's creating the data is meant for very specific purposes, whether it's paying claims or adjudicating a retirement payment. It is not set up for data analytics. So one of the things that's really important is when you get a data set in, you're going to need to clean that data. You're going to need to make sure the data is accurate. So just signing on to the podcast, most systems do not like my last name, O'Toole, because it has two capitals in it and it has an apostrophe. 
So if we get six data sets in that I'm a part of, the name O'Toole could be spelled six different ways. So we're going to have to triangulate the data with third-party information to make sure that this data file is truly representative of Hue O'Toole, and that's a singular person with dependence. It's not multiple Hue O'Tools. So that's part of our cleaning process, and another part of our process is just member matching, making sure we're finding all the records and all the fields that apply to this one employee or one dependent, if that makes sense. It does. So let's talk about that a little bit. As you start sifting through this data and cleaning it, you start looking for, at least on the health plan side, some very specific cost drivers. What are the things that you're keying in on? Yeah, so we're keying in on just an enrollment file. So when we look at a claim file, is this person appropriately in the plan? So we will find when we look at the enrollment file versus the claim file, we will find say a dependent that's over 26 years old, is that appropriate or not? We might, and we have found at times, just due to a record keeping system, if you would, a group of employees that claims are getting paid out on that actually are not members of that employer. So that's part of the cleaning process. And sometimes it has large ramifications financially. Sometimes it's just to get a clean data set so that you can trust the information for greater analytics. Now, in terms of data sets, I know a lot of folks in our audience, basically when they think data set, they think healthcare, which will translate down into maybe eligibility and claims. But you folks and your perspective is that you need to look at more than just healthcare claims, that you need to look at health plan claims along with retirement plans and workers' comp. And that may seem to some listeners like a strange mix. Why is that important? Yeah, and even within healthcare, so I'll handle it if you don't mind, David, in two pieces. Even within healthcare, it will go even further than just enrollment and or eligibility and healthcare, especially with where pharma is today. It will definitely go enrollment, healthcare, pharma, since pharma is now over twenty six or over twenty percent of medical spend. Um, But we're also, I had a great engagement the other day down in Tennessee where we're looking at body mass index. We're looking at other information that affect healthcare. So we're going to get more than just two data sets when it comes to healthcare. On top of that, and it came up in the meeting in Tennessee, we're also going to look at the financial wellness retirement readiness of that population Because ultimately, when somebody is going to separate from service, I call it demographic trend on healthcare, how financially prepared they are to retire ultimately will dictate when they separate from service. And it's very intuitive, but your older population, a lot of the times, is your more expensive population on healthcare. So if they're not ready to retire, you need to look at not only medical cost, pharma cost, and that trend. You also have to look at the aging of your population and the effect that long-term will have on healthcare spend. And what about workers' comp? I mean, do you when you look at data, do you look at workers' comp as just another health plan that coordinates with the, the main core benefits? Well, you, you absolutely. So you can look at workers' comp exactly as you said, 
is a continuation, if you would, or a complement to your core healthcare spend. But I think probably more important in that, because that if you do that, you can find, again, eligibility, potential fraud issues between the health plan and workers' comp. Almost more important than that, I would argue, is that we have, when we collect and clean and get a really good healthcare data set, it is not only predictive in healthcare, it's also predictive for a good healthcare workers' comp consultant or a team that's working on that issue. You will be able to identify in the existing population of actively working employees where your potential workers' comp claims will come from and what intervention prevention techniques you'll use while that group is actively at work to hopefully limit or prevent future workers' comp claims. But off of that rich healthcare set, when that person does go out on a workers' comp that is truly legitimate, it will also help you determine how long they'll be out on workers' comp and how much you should reserve for. So those comorbidities that exist within that one human being, we have really rich healthcare data that historically really hasn't been shared with the workers' comp consultant. And the more we see health and welfare, retirement, and workers' comp consulting all within one benefits firm, we really feel, and we're, I, I, we are industry leaders in this, that those three data sets have to be looked at at times together. Can you give us a, a practical example, you know, like a real-world example of being able to figure out where workers' comp claims are going to come from and what you might do to, what an employer might do to intervene? Sure. So in our healthcare data sets, based on what we're able to get from the employer, the healthcare, we actually can identify the different subgroups within a population. So let's just say we're working with a government entity, a municipality. We would be able to see the one that is in my mind that I won't share the name of. We'd be able to see who are the administrative staff of that city. We'd be able to see who are the firemen, who are the police officers, who does sanitation. So if you're looking at that population and you see the beginnings of muscular skeletal issues happening in that healthcare data, you know that if you keep that person in the field, ultimately that, if not treated correctly, is a future workers' comp claim. You'd be less concerned about that maybe within the office staff, but you really would want to know that for the police officers and the fire people. And now, a word from our sponsor. Let's get serious. Are you tired of watching those other advisors in your market snapping up the primo relationships and wondering what their secret is? Well, time to get your bubble burst. There is no secret. What do they know that you need to know? They know how to create engagement, relationships, and authority, and now you can too. Our Pitching from the Stage course has already helped advisors learn how to hone their messaging in a way that resonates with the clients they want, and we can help you do that too. Keith took the class and said, Thanks and kudos to David and Andy. They've been enormously helpful in steering me in the right direction and providing tips, guidelines, and ideas for public speaking. 
Carol said, I wanted to get myself more at ease with doing presentations, and this course was a great way to build my confidence. This is definitely a course you want to take. Well, now you can join Keith, Carol, and all the others who've gained the confidence, competence, and course of action they need to become the authority who can pitch to many prospects all at the same time. Our next four-week class begins on September 18th, and there's still room for a few more attendees. For more information, or to sign up, just click the Major League Mindset logo at shiftshapersonline.com. And now, back to our conversation. So, I mean, while that's a great example, and while we're talking about different cohorts and being able to sort for that, one of the things that I know you and I talked about off air is that different lenses, if you will, that's the phrasing you guys use, and I love that, mm-hmm. require different views. An advisor might require a different view or want a different view than an employer, et cetera. Can you explain those different kinds of views and how they differ and what they're used for? Sure. So, you know, just one lens or one view would be after you collect and clean all this data, a good healthcare consultant, a good consultant is going to need to do financial reporting to kick off the conversation of where spend is. So one thing we do specifically for the consulting firm, for the consultant in the marketplace, is we're actually able to assist them and customize, create for them as a consultant or their firm what would that financial reporting look like just because now we have all these data sets together? When we do that, we can cut that consultant, that firm's administrative expense on financial reporting down by as much as 70%. So that's an efficiency play with data for that consultant. Arguably, the employer really doesn't care as long as they get their financial reporting. Where it starts to come together that everybody is aligned now you actually see that you have a problem in a certain location in the country. And this is a real life situation where you actually see one location of a manufacturing firm start to explode cost-wise. We can see that in the financial data, but then the next lens into the data is the why. Why is that one location in a given state twice as much as any other location in the country? It turns out to be a brand new location. Well, when that happened, whether it was through a merger and acquisition or a build, nobody really understood the pre-existing health conditions in that county. Well, it turns out in the Southeast, that county has the highest degree of diabetes in the country. They also had a high deductible plan, which worked for their Northeast-based locations. But when you took that plan design and applied it to that county and the employees, what ended up happening is diabetics stopped taking their medicines and you immediately had what was something that could have been maintained start to become catastrophic claims. And the employer and the advisor dug right into that. It's a great case study of a consultant and an employer working together based on data and insights based that you find in the data to start remedying that problem. How does that differ from what we've talked about for a long time as predictive modeling, or is it the same thing? Yeah, I think we have a predictive part of our modeling, right? So that's looking into the future. I would say really the the beauty of what we've developed here at Inovo is 
It's actual, it's live, it's verification of receipt of every single claim. So I would say the speed to get ahead of that is so much better than we've ever had before in the industry. So it's actual and predictive, I guess would be, and it's quick. I mean, we're loading data files now twice a week and collaborating with the provider community to get that data. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, for a long time, I mean, I ran a TPA for quite a number of years and it seemed like we were always looking in the rear view mirror. Right. You say you're you're loading files every couple of days. Is there ever going to come a time, in your opinion, where we'll get to real time? Uh, Absolutely. Right. Like, you know, if you look at the technological advances that allow Inovu to even exist, you know, I don't doubt for a second that we'll get into a database where the really hard work we do to get data and get it clean is immediate, not as archaic as the way we have to do it today. Even though we've made huge advances in collaboration with the provider community, I do see within the next three to five years, the most difficult part of this becoming a table stake and not not as difficult as it is today. That's fascinating. I mean, we, we've talked a lot on the podcast about transparency it seems like, you know, if you've got real good data, it's like having x-ray vision. I mean, isn't isn't that really the ultimate transparency? Absolutely. And I think transparency, and this is probably where I differ than some, I think transparency is good for the entire ecosystem. I don't believe this is, you know, I have so many great advan- examples of with our data play, with a great consultant, with a great provider community, Everybody wins. Most importantly, the employer and the employee win. I just think that's the future. I think they, at times the industry has been slow to that, but I think everybody's starting to understand that transparency is not a threat. It's critical. And the employer has nowhere else to push the expense. And you're going to actually start to see really bad consequences if we try to push any more expense onto an employee. Well, I mean, I think, I think we're seeing that already. We have some folks who are what a guest a couple of years ago called functionally uninsured. They have maybe a spending account and a high deductible health plan. But if you, if you've got a multi-thousand dollar personal out-of-pocket or personal responsibility amount on your health plan, it doesn't really matter that you've got an ID card in your wallet. If you're only making 38 grand a year, it, it then becomes a bigger problem. Amen. Yeah. And the consequence is not just to them. So we have a case thousands and thousands of employees in the Southwest. And we look at the data and due to that dilemma, they only have 2% of their employees with a primary care physician. So they had one employee use the emergency room last year 51 times. That ultimately is going to hit the employer. So regardless of whether you thought you saved money through a plan design shift Ultimately, that plan is costing the employer more money, regardless, as you say, of them having an ID card. If they don't use the ID card, the boomerang effect of them not getting primary care definitely hits the financial statement of that employer. Yeah, it's huge. So um, one of the other aspects that I think is important, and I'd like to touch on before we only got a couple of minutes left before our time together runs out, is you know, a lot of our audience is advisors Mm -hmm. and I know all kinds of folks have been trying to, in all kinds of size firms, crunch data themselves. And that becomes a very difficult and time consuming process. 
our services industry-wide, I'm not talking about Innovo in particular, but industry-wide, our services that are starting to gather data and do the kinds of things you do, are those accessible to most advisors? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we're one of, I would say, five firms that go after this. And I would say, interesting from our perspective is if you want market share, if you want to retain your business, if you are not running something that creates transparency, accountability, ROI for your client, I believe you're already behind. You know, so even if you run a great practice, it would be a situation where you might be on the right road, but you're going to get run over if you're not using data versus anecdotal stories to make recommendations to your clients. Sure. I mean, do, in, in your experience, do most brokers just assume this is a cost of doing business? Is it something they pass along directly or indirectly to clients? What kind of models are you seeing? All. <laughs> so we, we have situations where really progressive advisors and their firms are working with their stop loss captive to sponsor the data play. Because if at every level, if you can control the frequency and severity of claims, everybody in the food chain wins, right? We have advisors that realize to justify their fee, they're going to pay for the data play. What's interesting is when we get in front of a client, an employer with an advisor, the employer is more than happy to pay our license because the employer really gets that they run their whole business based on data. They're more than happy to buy into the fact that if they pay for an Inovu license or one of my competitor's license, if they're paying attention and their consultant is paying attention, annually they can probably justify that spend by a 10x amount on what they would be able to create for margin just based on taking the inefficiencies out of the system that are obvious in the data. And that's a great place to end our conversation for today. Hugh O'Toole, CEO at Inovu. Hugh, thank you so much for being a shift shaper and for sharing your expertise with our audience. Thank you, David. Really appreciate the opportunity. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shapers Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. Thank you.